So, Tashara, welcome to the Strong Kong Thank Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege to be here. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so, I'm super excited. There's a, a lot of different topics I'm sure that we could cover that I'd love to cover. Um, so, but first off, I, I want to, before we get into the pillars of the podcast, yeah. um, the three C's, I want to just take pause, which I'm sure you're doing a lot these days. Yeah. I'm going to take pause <laughs> about this whirlwind moment that you're having in your life, yeah. which is just really incredible to see the community uh, just outpour their love for you. I'm really, really glad to see that because you are a, a bright light to this community. And um, it's it's awesome to see you to see you go. It really is. I appreciate it. In, in a lot of ways. It's like, you know, it's that whatever that adage is, you yeah, know. Sure. Uh, uh, so, Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. And you are going to be the first person on this podcast um, that ever had a, na- a day named after them. <laughs> the only person... The only person that I can think of off the top of my head yeah. that also has a name, uh, a day named after them, yeah. is Travis Scott. I'm pretty sure. Was the, he on this he, podcast? Uh, no, he wasn't. <laughs> Shout out. So, uh, yeah, oh. fr- from Houston. So, yeah. First, I just want to. from Houston. I just want to. You're from Houston. Yeah. So, I just want to. What's happening in Houston? Um, right. I just want to say, uh, I, I want to ask you, what is that feeling like? You to, know? to get a day named after you. Tachara Parker Day, October 28th? <laughs> October 28th. Okay. Uh, you know, it's just been a whirlwind of emotions, right? I think a lot of times you never know um, the impact that you're having on others until things like this happen, right? Um, and I don't think that I would have found this out until it was announced that I was leaving, right? And people have always shown me support. They've always been um, a community that rallied behind me. Um, anytime I needed anything, they were always there for me. And so, you know, it's truly remarkable to see that they were go to go through such lengths and heights to, to make something like that happen. And so it just means a lot. And, you know, I'm still processing this. This just mm-hmm. happened Monday, you know, and I'm still processing like, what? What is happening here? Yeah. And so I'm just so appreciative and so thankful. The word that I continue to use is grateful um, because you never know, again, what what impact you're having just by being the person that you are and just by reaching out to help others um, in their times of need and, and, and them showing their support right back to you. So, you know, I'm still processing it, but I am grateful, eternally grateful for, for all that this community has shown me. Yeah. I, I, well put, and uh, I think I'll be saying that quite a lot. Um, <laughs> but I, I really love what you said about you never know the impact that you're making. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people look at someone like you on a larger scale. Sure. You're on TV all the time. Yeah. You're going live. You're doing everything. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the reason why I'm doing this podcast, why I keep doing things that I do, mm-hmm. is because... I, I realized that there is some impact, right. even though I'm, of course. I'm this big, you know, no, you're not this big, I, I, trust yeah, me, but, but, but you a, never know, right? Yeah. It's a smaller scale and it, it's the motivating factors one. Yeah. Not thousands. Absolutely. You know, and absolutely. That's it, very good. It's, and, and I think anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I encourage people to, yeah. you know, so, um, for those that don't know, yeah, um, give me like a because I don't know. I didn't even. I just learned that you're from Houston. Yeah. So how <laughs> did how did um, you? get to uh, Tyler in the first place. Yeah, by way of Houston um, uh, in a long short way. Yeah. Um, so I'm originally from Houston. I went to Texas A&M University so I am an Aggie uh, through and through. Okay. Uh, once an Aggie, always an Aggie. Um, after that, I moved to Chicago, got my master's degree in Chicago. I worked a lot of odd jobs. I worked in finance for a while before transitioning into journalism. Always wanted to be a journalist, but at Texas A&M, we did not have a full-scale journalism major at the time. And so I had the major in communications and our communications at Texas A&M at the time was like all theory based. And mm. it was more on the trajectory of if you wanted to become, say, a professor or, or teach or something along those lines. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to, to really get the journalism side of you had to go out and you had to intern and you had to do all of that good stuff. And so I think um, not think, excuse me, when I went to Chicago, Chicago to get my master's degree, ended up getting more involved with journalism, got my first um, internship ish job 
job, uh, serious internship. All of them are serious. Don't get it twisted. But um, it was in sports um, at Comcast Sportsnet Chicago. And that really just ignited a fire in me like, no, Tashara, you need to get into this and you need to make it happen. Because I was working at call centers and all kind of stuff mm-hmm. really just to make ends meet. I moved to Chicago with $800 to my name. And so it was just a struggle from the moment I touched down in mm-hmm. Chicago. And so anyways, ended up getting my first job in College Station, surprisingly enough, because that usually doesn't happen. We usually go all across the country to get our first jobs in this business. So I got my first job in College Station. And by way of College Station, I was a reporter, became an anchor there. And then I got the job here in Tyler. And I've been here three years now, just about three years. Okay. So So that's how I made it to East Texas, but originally from Houston. Family's from Hemp Hill, Texas. Uh, The Little H. We call them the Little H. We're the Big H in Houston. But yeah. 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 Okay, great. So uh, a couple things that you said there that... that, caught my attention one is you said ignited the fire yeah so that 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 job opportunity or that internship opportunity ignited that fire so what was the fire I would say reignited the fire because I always um so when I went to college let me back up when I went to college I originally went for forensic psychology forensic pathology all that kind of stuff all forensics yeah. Now, I started taking those science classes and it was like, girl, what are you thinking? You know, this ain't your your, your path. So anyways, I've always uh, loved talking to people. I had a, a teacher, Miss Betty Rasmus, and I actually went on a quest to find her recently. Um, and I did find her by way of Facebook and all the people who shared the posts on Facebook. And so anyways, and she's still in Houston, which is surprising. Um, she was my one of my middle school teachers. Her name was Betty Rasmus, and she would always put me in these speaking competitions and, you know, would always have me in front of crowds of people. And she She was the first person who kind of instilled something in me like you love people, you love being in front of people, you love talking to people, you love engaging with people. And that was at a very young age. Right. And so she was the first person who did that. So I went to school for forensics. And again, taking those science classes was just like, no, like you're not going to be able to do this. Um, It it wasn't my passion um, at the time. And it still isn't my passion. And so anyways, um, when I went and I did the internship at Comcast Sportsnet Chicago, being surrounded by all of those journalists, I don't know what it was about being around all of them, but it kind of let me know, like, no, you, you're you meant to do this. So let's make it happen. Stop trying to work all of these side jobs and small jobs. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, like, if you have a passion for a career or a passion for something you truly believe in, it's up to you to get out there and make it happen. And so, yes, I had all of those small jobs or not small side jobs because they mm-hmm. definitely paid the bills. But um, just being surrounded by all of those people, let me know, okay, you really like engaging with people. You really like talking to people. You really like telling people stories. So get out there and make it happen. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So another thing that caught my ear yeah. when you're uh, describing your history was that that because I relate to it, sure. um, the the... You have to make it happen. You do. You had eight hundred dollars in your pocket when you went to Chicago. Yeah. So, so that trial by fire. Yeah. So it's like the theme, you know, mm-hmm. just this the symbol of, of of the flame. So, tell me about that a little bit <laughs> because we're seeing a lot of success right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, I wanna I wanna just break into a little sure. bit more of like where does that the adversity come from? Sure. So when I finished at Texas A&M, I had, you know, a host of student loans. I did get a lot of scholarships going to Texas A&M, but I still had student loans, right? And so when I finished at uh, A&M, I moved back to Houston for, I'm going to say, maybe a month or so. And I worked at a call center in Houston. I don't know how I was finding all these call center jobs in Houston and Chicago, but it was working and it was fine. So found a call center job in Houston. So I started trying to save money. I wasn't making a whole lot, like not at all. Um, And so worked at that call center started saving because I knew that I wanted to move to Chicago. And so I saved the little money that I had. I think I saved like $1,000, but it took like 200 to get the flight and to try to get a couple of bags on a plane um, and to try to get there. So I didn't take furniture and none of that stuff with me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're moving across the country. You don't need all of that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't take any of that with me. Just ended up finding an apartment unit that was fully furnished, which is surprising. I had three roommates, two roommates, excuse me, at the time, three roommates, excuse me, it was four of us living there um, at this place near downtown Chicago. And it just kind of worked out. I had enough for my first month's rent. And literally one of my roommates was working at another call center in Chicago. And she was like, oh, if you need a job, like I can hook you up with these people. And I went in for an interview and it was at a staffing 
agency. So you mm. have to go through the staffing agency to get the job at the call center. Like you couldn't go to the call center yeah. and be like, oh, I need a job. Right. So you went through the staffing agency um, and they saw that I had worked at a call center in Houston, which was literally right before I got to um, to Chicago. And it just ended up working out. And I think a lot of that stems from just, you know, my background and, and how I was raised. I was raised by my grandmother. I do have 15 brothers and sisters, um, siblings. I know it takes people out all the time. But yes, um, but I wasn't raised around all of them. So my grandmother raised me. Uh, my parents were very young when they had me, 16 years old. And so, you know, just seeing how they tried to make ends meet and how they tried to continue life. And they wanted they always wanted me to have a better life, which was one of the reasons why my grandmother stepped in and really helped in and pitched in when when she was needed. Um, and she's always needed. She's still needed. And so, you know, I think a lot of that comes from my background growing up mm-hmm. and, and me watching the people around me continue mm-hmm. to push forward no matter what. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I want to get, I'm just checking my time here. I want to make yeah, sure that sure. we're good on time. So, uh, and we're, and we're gold. Wow. We're, we're perfect gold. Yeah. So, um, wow. Okay. So let, let's just jump right into, <laughs> and, and I, I sent you an outline yes. and I'm going to follow the outline ish. All right. Ish, all right that's uh, fine. As best as I can remember. It's and we good. might jump around. It's all good. So I kind of want to jump into, uh, the, the pillars of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of which would be communication. Yeah. And it's, it's, a passion of mine, communicating yes. and engaging with people. And, you know, the st- your story is, of course, uh, that uh, of interest as well. But I, the call center background yeah. is something that <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those God things, right? Yeah. Where, like, you never know. <clears throat> You're like, man, I'm at this bum. Co-. Maybe you yeah. loved it. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I just, actually did like my job at the call center. I mean, it comes with its issues and concerns, but, you know, they paid us well and we did a good job. And I actually used to communicate. I worked overnight. I was going to grad school full time. So that was from 5 to 9 p.m. But I also worked an overnight shift. So I would work from 2 a.m. to 1030 a.m. in Ooh. the morning. So I, our client was in the United Kingdom. And so it was really neat to talk to people in the U.K. Uh-huh. Um, at the call center in Chicago because they were like, oh, where are you based? Because they would hear my accent because right. we have one right yeah um and i would hear theirs and so they were like oh where are you so it's 8 a.m in the uk at 2 a.m uh in chicago and so um that was always interesting so yeah i, no, I actually did like my job at the i imagine yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that definitely puts a different spin yeah. on it for yeah. sure it makes it a little bit more interesting yeah so when you look back at that job mm-hmm. do you see those 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 skills that you built communicating with people that you never see yeah i think all of that helps, right? Um, I think any position, any job that you're ever in helps. I worked at telecommunications when I was uh, in, in in school, in undergrad. I worked there three years as a student worker at a telecommunications department, and we literally just had to communicate with all of pr- the professors to help them get their cell phones ready. Um, so when they moved into College Station, moved into their different uh, fields, that we had uh, their cell phones ready. So I think all of those positions, whether I was communicating directly with someone, communicating over the phone, seeing them in person, every single situation help shape who who you are, right? No matter mm-hmm. what the job is. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I do think working at that call center truly helped because people could not see you. So you had to literally talk, um, obviously using your voice and, and trying to make the most out of that conversation with them. And I was also in sales at that call center. So that's another added on, you know, mm-hmm. situation. So you're literally trying to sell people something. And the only way you can do that without seeing them is to really talk it up, right? Yeah. And they surely don't have to talk to you if they're way in the UK, you know, I'm in Chicago sitting at a call center, sitting in a cubicle. And they're like, girl, what what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, yeah, I do think all of those um, skills end up helping you. And that way, when you get in situations um, where you are face to face with people, then maybe you can uh, communicate a little better. Yeah. So I do think they help. Yeah. Tot- I, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> OK, so you're in sales, too. Yes. And, sales. <laughs> man, that's that's awesome because I, w- I've, I have a sales background as well. Yeah. So. I want to talk to you about that. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Because (laughs) I feel that sales properly prepared me for so much stuff in life. Um, And it it is such a uh, powerful um, position Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and wonderful, like, 
learning experience sure. for anybody. Um, I came from customer service and then I got into sales. Yeah. And Same. <laughs> although all sales, it, it seems like sales has that, that it rolls off the tongue and then you're like, oh, right. You know, it like it puts a bad taste in everyone's mouth, mm-hmm. regardless of who you're talking to, unless you're talking to another salesperson. You and then go. you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, I can breathe now. But, but it's amazing the sale the sales skill set mm-hmm. how it can apply to someone mm-hmm. in even what you do now sure. yeah. where where you're not selling anything right. but you are sharing information right. on a regular basis and right. you're having to sometimes as a journalist you know press for different questions you yes. have to have certain confidence and you also have to pay attention to your inflection and, and your tone and yeah. how you communicate to that. somebody relating to people sales is a it is is a perfect training ground for yeah. that so um I, I just wanted to to highlight that a little bit, yeah. like, can you speak to your sales, that that type of thing being a sure. transferable skill into? Yeah. So I wouldn't say sales was my favorite, but I will say sales certainly helped um, craft, you know, the, the person that I am today. And I say that because, again, the type of sales I did, you were not able to, to see anybody. So you truly were trying to sell them something over a phone, mm-hmm. over the phone, rather. And so I think as a journalist, you not think I know as a journalist, the skills that you need to try to, quote unquote, persuade people to talk to you about certain stories, um, persuade people to answer your questions, um, get people to talk to you um, and really just become a well-rounded individual when it comes to um, building a relationship with people. Because a lot of times with sales, granted, I'm not trying to build a relationship with every single person I get on the phone, but I am trying to find something in common with them. Mm -hmm. And so if you can find something in common, even as a journalist with the people that you're trying to communicate with, whether that be the, the viewer or whether that be um, someone you're trying to interview for a story or someone you just really want to have a conversation with, right? I do that all the time when I'm at the store or when I'm at Walmart. You know, I'm always trying to communicate and have a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I do feel like that sales background truly allowed me to to, to kind of hone in on that. I, don't, I wouldn't call it a talent, but it's certainly a skill to hone in on that and use it to when I come into these situations as, as a journalist and also to teach other people how to do the exact same thing um, as CBS 19, the station that I was most recently at, um, you know, we had a lot of younger journalists under us at the at the station. And so it was up to us to help, you know, even build them up and to show them, you know, maybe some ways to approach a situation. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely not a skill that I keep to myself. It's something that I always want to transfer to the next person. And and hopefully they can use that to their benefit in the long run. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I totally agree. And I like what you said about building relationship because, mm-hmm. you know, sales gets a bad rap. Yeah. But when you put a good person in a sales position <laughs> yeah. that has yeah. a bad rap, yeah. then <laughs> the whole experience changes. Yeah. Because I agree. you put somebody that is focused on building relationships mm-hmm. and really just cultivating trust, mm-hmm. then you actually have a sales professional rather go. than a salesperson. <laughs> and it's really a focus on building relationship and, mm-hmm. and relatability in a very quick manner. Absolutely. And, that's which in journalism you have to do that very often especially yeah especially it's really like your whole thing i don't know but i'm not <laughs> but, but but yeah we're i imagine all journalists so. to a certain extent i promise you <laughs> i i believe that um awesome we're getting to the roots yes, of, of uh of parker i love of it so um i think that's an app tra- uh segue point for mm-hmm. community building because sure. we're, we're we're talking about building relationships yes. and see you know see how i built this thing it's yeah, like it, yeah, it all flows it. right I together love it. see um, You're already using those journalistic skills. Yeah. I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm trying. i got to keep up. Man. <laughs> so so uh, I, I, along the terms of, of communication, I want to talk about uh, with you, I just want to get your take on um, community Yeah. And, commu- and building community. The first time that I ever saw you yeah. was on Facebook. Was it? it? Uh-huh. It was on Facebook because <laughs> I don't really watch the news. Oh, man. So it was on, on. Facebook. Do and it had something to do with uh, Tashara Travels. Oh, goodness. And I was like, wow, this is a fun segment. She's yeah. a fun woman. Like, you know, she's doing her thing and like, yeah. you know, putting it together. So tell me a little bit about... Tashara Travels, but... Okay. Um, because I think... W- was that early in your career at CBS 19? Uh, I would say towards the middle of... Uh 
my time at CBS 19, okay. um, Tashara Travels. It kind of sectored off a, a, a little bit towards the end because I had gotten a promotion at, to executive producer. And mm-hmm. so I was trying to hone in on those skills and sharpen up on those skills and really flex that muscle. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to do Tashara Travels as much. But to tell you a little bit about it, it was basically showing... Um, all that East Texas has to offer and not just showing you all the cool places, but also showing you places that were affordable, maybe places where you can take the family, places that wouldn't break the bank, Mm -hmm. places that you can go to within an hour, hour and a half, sometimes even two hours if you wanted to make it a, you know, a weekend trip or what have you. Mm -hmm. And so that's really all all it was about. And it was also to show that, yes, I can be this quote unquote serious anchor at the desk every evening, but I do like to have fun. I'm a very um, spunky person. Um, I have a spunky personality. And so I just like to show that. And a lot of times you don't get to show that at the desk. Now, I've learned to try to show that a little bit more when I'm at work. Um, but for the most part, and I'm at work with the Shara Travels, but it's a lot of fun. I'm not even going to lie. Right. And so anyways, I think, uh, you know, being able to do that segment really allowed me to show a different side of my personality, something that you wouldn't, quote unquote, see at an anchor desk on the evening news. Right. Because it's always so or people believe it should be so rigid, so straightforward and so this and you got to be buttoned up. And I'm like that's not me. Like, that's not what I do. You know, I'm, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm going to give you the information. I'm going to give you the facts. But I'm really a person that, you know, I just like to be a little bit more relaxed about my, my demeanor and, and the information that I'm presenting to you. Um, I'm going to be respectful at, at every, you know, second of the, of the way, but I still want to be just relaxed and have a good time while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That humanness is yes. a very important factor. Very. And I think it's a big factor of your success. Thank you. Um, because you're, you're so relatable. Thank you. Um, within, so for East Texas area, you were here for three years. Yes. Just about three years. So tell me a little bit about, like, I want to hear like, what's, what's like the best thing about East Texas to you? The people. I mean, I know that may sound cliche, but I really think the best thing about East Texas um, are the people. You know, the people here really are. And and I will let me backtrack. I will say that when I first moved to East Texas or when I was considering moving to East Texas, that was one of the things I was kind of scared about. And the reason I was scared about it, because you hear so many different things from different people, people who may have lived here, people who think they know what's going on and they never stepped a foot in East Texas or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so um, you hear so many different things. So I was really scared about that, especially with the position that I was coming into um, as the main evening anchor. I was the the primetime anchor at CBS 19, the first African-American woman in that position at CBS 19 full-time for Monday through Friday. And so it, it, it was... It was a big step to take, and it was a big role to, to, to fill at CBS 19. And so I think coming here, I learned that the people are what drive this community. The people of East Texas are truly the heartbeat of everything that happens here. They're the wills that keep this thing going. And so um, I definitely think the people have been um, my saving grace, to, so to speak, uh, in East Texas. Because, they, like I said, they've rallied around me. I've tried my best to tell the stories that matter to them and stories that are representative representative and reflect the people of, of this community. Mm-hmm. And I think across the board, um, no matter what your race is, no matter what your um, socioeconomic background is, I have truly tried my best to reach out to every single person. And I think that's what truly um, uh, stands out with my time here are, are the people. And it will forever be the people um, as a journalist, because that's what you're truly here for. You're truly here to connect with people and to tell stories that matter about those communities. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you about that because that's that's a historical moment that you became the first full-time African-American woman to be at that position. In that position. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. Uh, do you have any reflections about that? Uh, that that well, honestly, you accomplishment know, or, you know, because or or like, how do you view it? Because like you said, there is a lot of talk about, you know, this East Texas area and how people might perceive, sure. you know, certain things. So like, could you speak on that a little bit? Well, you know, I don't really perceive it as any way. It was just like, okay, it's a job that you have to mm-hmm. do. And that's the job you signed up for. And, mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, it wasn't until maybe about a year, maybe a year and a half ago that I actually found out that that was the case when me and one of the photojournalists there who, uh, chief photojournalist there, who's been there since the station started, mm-hmm. you know, we just got to talking and I was like oh wow really like I am like that's crazy mm-hmm. you know we were just having a, a conversation it wasn't something that was this big deal right, right. Um, and, and I'm not trying to make it a big deal either it's just more so of realizing like whoa 
how is that even possible in 2019 or 2016 when I got here, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it kind of is what it is. I, I got here and I knew from day one that I wanted to do the work. And when I say do the work, I'm not talking about sitting at that desk being an anchor. And I ain't talking about none of that. When I say do the work, I knew that I wanted to be in the community and I knew that I wanted to help people. It didn't matter what the color of their skin was, um, you know, but obviously skin is there. You see it. Um, you embrace it. You recognize it. Um, you don't act like it doesn't exist. But what I'm saying is when I got into that position, it wasn't about me being the first black woman in that primetime position. It mm -hmm. was literally about me getting here in East Texas to do the work. That's the exact same thing I did in College Station. Um, got in, did the work, was promoted there along the way. And it, it, it's really about you recognizing what your value is and what you add to the station and you using that to the best of your ability to try to, try to drive more people to, to tune in or to see that, you know, you value them just as much as they value you. Mm -hmm. Great. Let me ask you about um, community in a different way. You're in, sure. you, you've, 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 you've had so much experience in this. Uh, you, you've grown your roots down deep, right? Yeah. And now you're uprooting in a way. I know. And you're transplanting. I'll say trans transplanting. Yes, because I will be back and forth to East Texas yeah. very often. So let me ask you about, of course, you're going to have a, a very public-facing job, so it'll be easier to get connected to people. Yeah. But at the same time, I think, you know, I, I want to help people cultivate their skills with sure. this uh, episode and this podcast. So, like, when you're, as you're thinking about, you know, moving um, you're you're searching for places, and sure. yeah, there's going to be a, a different networking experience there. Right. <laughs> so so how do you, a professional yeah. networker, you know, somebody yeah. that's got a lot of experience under the belt, um, and it's such a an integral part of your career, right? Which I didn't realize until a couple years back. I was like, oh wow, like yeah. that's that's a thing. We'll get into that. Yeah, a little sure. Bit. But um, so how do you think about that? Like what? What's your first step when you're thinking about, okay, I'm in a brand new city. I don't know a fraction of the people that yeah. I used to know. Like, what's your approach? One is just get to know people. I know that sounds crazy, but it's really about getting to know people. So I've been invited to radio stations, podcasts, similar to yours, right? Um, and just getting to know people and just getting the word out that, that you're here and you're here to help. Not just that you're here, you're the one of the anchors that's going to be with WFAA in Dallas, but just more so about letting people know that hey, I'm here to help. Here's what I've done in the past. How can I help you do whatever it is that you do? How can I spread the word about whatever it is you're doing for the community, right? And so um, and, and with that, also getting to know my coworkers, right? Um, what what are they doing? What are they doing in the community? Um, how are they touching people's lives? How are they telling stories? How are they, um, you know, making sure that people know that we're WFAA is is there to help. And so, you know, that's really overall what I do. I don't try to, you know, overly get out there and try to be at every single thing, which was one of the things that I did here. But I think at the very beginning, just getting to know the people that are around you and letting people know that you're there and there to help them. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really the bottom line. A lot of times when we go into these networking situations, you know, everybody tries to say, oh, you need to meet this person and that person, and that person, and that person. You need to meet all of these people. And I don't think it's the speed dating when you go to these situations or it shouldn't be and some people may get mad at me for saying that but I really feel like it's about connecting if you can connect with one person and can form a genuine relationship um, find something in common with that person and keep that situation going I think that adds more value to your life than trying to meet all of these people across the board when you simply can't even connect with one mm. so I think connecting with one person whether that be in Dallas or you know at work or whatever um, and, and yes you want to connect with more but I think forming those genuine relationships and making that person feel valued in the relationship that they're forming with you truly is what adds value. Yeah. Lovely. Yes. Um, I totally agree. And it's a theme that's come up quite a bit because I try to get people who are strong communicators, yeah, sure. strong community builders. And the common theme when I ask questions or similar questions around that is contribution. Sure. It's not, you know, oh, well, I want to build a network, right? right. I want to get a network for me, that right. kind of thing. And I think that mentality is the, you're, you're starting off on the wrong foot. Right. You're stubbing your toe before you right. even take a step. There you go. It's about, okay, well, what can I do to pour into mm -hmm. what already exists? Exactly. How do I fit in here in terms of what I can bring, yes. not what I can take? Right. And uh, I think that- That should that, be with any situation too, by the way, what you can bring to the table as far as, as opposed to what you can take away from mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I, I love what you said about starting with one. Um, but I also, that also sprung to mind uh, a question that I didn't ask in the communication. See, Uh-oh. we're going to jump in. Uh-oh. You know, so, what is but, it? But, but it also is tailored to community as sure. well. Uh, it's the one and then transfer to many. Okay. okay. So for you, you're what would be common parlance in 2019, an yeah. influencer. Oh, is that, is it, do you, do you, yeah? yeah. Do you like that? No. I don't yeah. either. <laughs> I, I don't either. But uh, it, it's such a loaded term, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do want to ask you about that experience because you're doing things that you don't have to do, I I, I think, yeah. right? You're doing more work than necessary. Sure. And it depends on how you frame it, though, because we can always say we don't have to do something. But, you know, if you have a calling on your life, you need and have to do it. But I get it. It's not part of my quote unquote nine to five. Yes, sir. I just put a pin in that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You're 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 motivated by a calling. We'll get to that here sure. in a second. Let's talk about nerdy social media stuff yeah. and then we'll get okay. into like something yeah. really important because yeah. I, I <laughs> um because I, I did want to ask you why as well. That's sure. a that's a big question that I sure. have. So um but but back to important things, quote quote yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Um so so tell me about that experience. Just you know, you're going live like I see you live on Facebook more yeah. than I do on the TV, right? Uh, oh yeah. And like I'm always connected yes. with you in that way. Yeah. And it's just more convenient. Um tell me just about your thought process in going through the steps of social media and sure. bringing broadcast media onto the digital world. Yeah. Because you're I think doing it in a way that is um I mean, it's really impactful and a lot more people should probably pay attention to how you approach that. Yeah, I think it's very important. Like you mentioned the key word, convenience, right? A lot of times you guys are not at home, um, especially the younger audiences. No shade to anybody. Um, I know you had the guy on the podcast that's 68. Um, what was his name? Oh, Mike? J. Mike, yeah. J. What's his name again? J. Michael Smith. J. Michael Smith. So I know you had him on here and he's killing it too when killing it comes it. to being on social media. But I say that to say that, you know, not all generations are at home, right? They're not at home in front of their computers or um, I'm sorry, they are in front of their computers. They're not at home in front of their TVs. And so a lot of times with social media, I think that's just another way to engage your audience, right? So a lot of people think that you're just that person that sits at that desk um, that talks about whatever is the news of the day Mm -hmm. um, and they can't... um, talk to you and I think being on social media and and sharing with them on social media is very influential because they can talk back to me all the time I'm saying like hey how was your day a lot of times somebody probably hasn't had anyone ask them how has your day been today and so I'm always trying to talk to them and engage with them and let them know like I'm not just that person sitting at that desk because I I do so much more than just sit here I promise you Mm -hmm. Um, and I try to take them through my day you know whatever that is when I wake up I say good morning you know sometimes when I go to bed I say all right talk to y'all tomorrow whatever Mm -hmm. It is. And so I think it's just very important to engage your audience because you can engage your audience on the TV, even though I do talk to them on TV sometimes yeah. and not just with the news story. I'll just literally talk to the camera about whatever it is I'm talking about. I think it's important to, to engage with people in other areas. And social media is just a perfect opportunity to do that. Social media is a free networking, free marketing to millions of people mm-hmm. that are watching you. So if you're not using social media to your benefit, um, I don't know what you're doing. It's free. It's literally free um, to get on there and to talk to people and to let people know that you're here to help them. And I think that social media has really been the driving force behind why I've been able to talk to and, and, and connect with so many people is through social media. I can only connect with so many people that I see at the grocery store or, you know, at the gym or whatever the case may be or out running. Um, but social media has truly been where I've been able to make most of those connections, mm-hmm. if not 90 percent of those connections. Mm-hmm. other than just being on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's such a wonderful listening tool. Yeah. As much as the communication. Yes. But, and and I, I was going to say as much as a communication tool, but if you really think about it, communication yeah. is all about listening yes. as much as it is about talking. Yeah. And being a strong communicator, yes. somebody who listens. And you as a listener, you as somebody who you, you, you think for the audience to such a degree that mm-hmm. you say, well, I know where they are right now and right. they're not in front of their TV. Right. And even... and. You know, it's it's very insightful to know also, and you know, it it, it is 2019. These sure. things have been around for a while, but yes. like so, if no, you're if real. you're not doing yeah. it, yeah, it just showcases how much further behind you are. Yeah, but but it is insightful. The point that I want to make is, it's insightful to think about how like we're hit with news all the time. Mm-hmm. So like the so it's really starting to fall out of public consciousness to yeah. go tune into the news exactly because we're always tuned in. Yes, you're always so, tuned in. Um, 
Do you find, and I'm outside of the circle. Sure. So do you find that you are uh, one of many doing, you know, similar things? Um, or like, like, is it becoming more, more commonplace for a journalist like yourself, somebody who's at a desk all the time to be on live and social media and stuff like that? Like you're, you're we're getting like behind the scenes yeah, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, experience. <laughs> is there, is, is that, is that becoming more common? I, I do. I do think it's becoming more common. Um, you know, I, I've seen others do it before. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm not getting left behind um, Mm -hmm. with what's going on. And Mm -hmm. so I see I saw how people were interacting with them on their social media. So, yes, I've used that to my advantage. When I wake up in the morning, I literally watch news from and I'll be having a different schedule. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Mm. But um, when I wake up, I watch news from um, the East Coast all the way to the West Coast, all the different time zones. And I'm seeing what these anchors or reporters and all these other digital journalists are doing when it comes to social media and how stations are incorporating social media into their newscasts. And so to your point, like, yes, I think it's kind of commonplace um, across the board, depending on what news organizations you're watching. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people do it on a consistent basis. And consistency is where, where you know, you really try to figure out who people are and, and whether or not they're going to continue doing what they're doing. And so I think when it becomes consistent, that's when it gets noticed. And so I do think people are doing it. I just don't think they're as consistent with it um, as, as some others might be. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Like a lot of people want to uh, like, like, like want the snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> forget that the snowball keeps rolling yes. down the hill. No matter what. Yeah. So you got to keep up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, another highlight that I just want to uh, point out for the listener here, yeah. if you're really wanting to kind of strengthen your communication game. And it's something that's come up uh, multiple times throughout this conversation is the the one on one connection. Yes. Tashara has a talent for making <laughs> it seem as if she's talking to one person at all times, <laughs> even though she's talking to thousands, millions of people at a, any given point. Yeah. And I just think that that is a very, very powerful talent that mm-hmm. you've been able to cultivate. Thank and you. it's it's something that I, I need to work on. Oh, please. But, but it's also... It, We're it's, the only ones in the room. Right. Literally and figuratively. But still, yes, we but, make it happen. But that's where the power is, yeah. is... is being able to connect with that one person mm-hmm. and, and make it feel as if it's just you and I. Right. That's how it should always be. That's how it should be. Yeah. Connecting with be. one person. That's why when you're in those networking events, when you're going to dinner with people, coffee, whatever, you really need to be connecting with that person and finding something that you have in common. Um, it's like, you know, with the relationship, I should say, not like a relationship because in a relationship, um, you know, you're trying to find all these things in common with your significant other. And I'm like, really? cut it out like that's just really really hard and really really difficult Mm -hmm. but if you could find one thing in common with that person um that you're you're trying to connect with i think it makes a makes a big difference when it comes to to calling on that person for something and another thing too don't just connect with people because you need something right connect with people because it truly you need to connect with them right and and maybe down the line you guys can figure out what that relationship looks like and what that networking looks like but at the very beginning you should just be connecting with people because it's it's, it's nice to have people that you can talk to, you know? It's nice to have relationships with people. It's nice to go get coffee with people. Mm-hmm. Just connect. Don't always look for something to gain out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. You connecting with them is already a gain. And so I think a lot of people, when they go into these situations, um, they're looking to gain something out of them. And I think that's one of the things that have really uh, helped me along the way is all the people that I'm connecting with on Facebook, all the people that I'm, you know, messaging back and forth with, I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to get anything from them, at least not at the beginning. Now, if I see that they come in on a story and they may have a connection later on down the line, then great. But that's not why I'm connecting with them initially. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been times where, you know, we needed a source for a story. That's a completely different situation. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying just as far as connecting with people, it's just important to build those relationships and to to foster those relationships. Don't just connect one time, like just message somebody two weeks later or, you know, whatever. Just keep that relationship going Mm -hmm. because that's truly what's going to make a difference at the end of the day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's that. Con- it's this like contribution attitude. This yeah. this posture. I'll actually say is posture of contribution. Sure. And then it's that one on one connection that takes the priority. Mm-hmm. It's like celebrating. You want to celebrate what 
is similar. Like, sure. you know, like the, you're talking about finding the common bond. Right. want to celebrate those things, mm-hmm. but then also appreciate the differences, not mm-hmm. say, oh, well, you know, I wanted somebody just like me. Yeah. Appreciate what makes somebody different because that's a great opportunity for you to learn. Yep. And you get all those different things. Yep. Strong calm. Yes. Star, Parker, yes. Yes. Strong, strong calm. calm, man. So yeah. before we before we transition to company, yeah. uh, whether that's your business and we'll talk about your career moves essentially in, in that um, or the company that you keep and all this is contributing sure. to that. Absolutely. Uh, I want to ask a question. I want to ask this question simply enough. Uh, why? <laughs> uh, because you, you're, you know, you touched just on, on, you know, connecting, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So let's connect on why. What yeah. is your primary motivation? What is that fire yeah. that we talked about earlier, that flame? Yeah. What keeps it burning? Man. You talked about a calling on your life. Yeah. And, and for somebody like you, mm-hmm. um, uh, like you can, you can tell, you know what I mean? It's not like Tashara is just working hard. Sure. You, a lot of people work hard. Yeah. There's other, then, then you get into another bracket mm-hmm. of, of somebody that's really just motivated. Yeah. That has a certain lean forward into life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm really thrilled to connect with you. Yes, and that's who I love course. to connect with. Yeah. Um, and I think there's just, uh, just, it's a treasure trove yeah. of uh, and, and, and something that I think everybody has the power to tap into sure. and should. That's what they're here for. Sure. Absolutely. So can I think you that's s- what we're all here for. Absolutely. Speak to speak to your why and your motivation. Um, you know, I think my family think not think I know my family has been a huge motivator, more specifically, not just my grandmother and, and her raising me. But, you know, my stepmom, she she God bless her soul. She passed away in 2010, uh, the year that I moved to Chicago. Um, she passed away before that. But she was the type of person she worked at the Boys and Girls Club of Houston. So very much um, nonprofit oriented, very much someone who was always also in the community, someone who always tried to help people. And, you know, I I didn't realize how much that had an impact on me until I got into positions where I was able to do the same. Mm. And a lot of times people always try to wait until, oh, wait until you finish high school, wait until you finish college. You can always start helping people. And so I witnessed how she would, you know, sometimes if kids didn't have, she worked at the Boys and Girls Club. She was a director of a, of a club. And um, sometimes when these kids didn't even have anywhere to go at night, you know, she would bring those kids over to our home, you know, and, and they would stay with us, you know, and and she would make sure everyone was fed. And, you know, sometimes they would bring in the box lunches for the kids or what have you from the food bank. And she would make sure that everybody had something to take home. You know, it was usually supposed to eat the meal, meals there. Food bank don't get bad at us, but usually you're supposed to eat the meals there. But even if they ate the meal there and she knew that they wouldn't have food later, like she would allow them to take some of those lunches home or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, I, I really didn't realize at the time how much that had an impact on me until um, probably right until her, her passing. And I saw how much she cared for community and how much she cared about people. And it truly had an impact on my life. I mean, it had an impact early on, but, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times people say you don't know what you have until it's gone. And I think that was one of those situations where I truly didn't know, like, how valuable and how meaningful she was to others. Mm-hmm. Um until she she was no longer no longer with us. And so I think I watched her uh, growing up and it's truly just had an impact. My dad also, you know, he tries his best to go above and beyond for every single person in our family. Um, he's always the person that people call on. He's always the person that's willing to show up. And I think, um, you know, watching him and, and how he's tried to help others has truly, you know, that's been ingrained in me un, un, unknowingly, you know, growing up. But mm-hmm. you, those things rub off on you. And I, I think my calling has always just been to help people. Um, as a journalist, the way that you help people is to tell stories that matter to that community um, and to connect with people and to let them know that they matter and to let them know that their stories matter and to let them know that every time they turn on your station that you're truly going to try to tell a well-rounded story in regards to whatever is happening in that community. I think a lot of times especially nowadays, since journalists have so many different jobs that they have to do. They have to post on social media. They have to get the interview. They have to write the story. They have to edit the story. They have to put it together. They have to make sure they're well presented on air. Like, it's just so much that goes into it. And I think a lot of times we forget um, that at the heart of those stories are people. And so if you're truly connecting with those people and you're trying your best to tell stories about those people, um, I think that's what what makes you partially what makes you a really good journalist. 
And so I think my calling has just been to help people and just to to do the work um, as if you're working for a higher power and not necessarily for uh, the people that you're, quote unquote, interacting with every day, but to work as if um, you're working toward a goal, not for anything that can be um, achieved here on Earth. And so... That's that's kind of been the driving force behind why I like to do what I do and why I do it even when it's outside of work hours mm-hmm. more than not, because, you know, the hours that I was working was 2 p.m. to 11. Those are the hours that people with regular jobs, I wouldn't say regular jobs, but people with normal nine to fives, right, mm-hmm. that are getting off. And so a lot of times I'm running from on my dinner break to try to go and do this story or to try to go and get this interview and and to try to make these things happen. And so, um. You know, I I just like helping people overall, no matter how we do it. I just like helping people. And I really like to see people smile. When I go into an interview, it's so crazy. I can say this now since I got a new job already. But when I go into an interview and when I'm saying interviewing for a job, I always tell them, you know, I just like to see people smile. I really do. I like to, to entertain people and I like to make sure that people are having a good time. And that goes to what you said earlier about making that person feel like they're the only person that I'm talking to because they truly are. And in my heart, I'm trying to learn about that person and trying to make sure that that they're happy, even if it's just that 10 or 15 minutes that they're with me, that they are truly getting joy out of whatever it is we do. And we can be talking about the most heartbreaking story. But if you're getting joy by just being there with with me and, and I'm able to to make some type of an impact on your life and to make that moment just a smidge better, even if it's in only in that 15 minutes, then that's what I'm there to do. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Love it. Thank Strong. You. <laughs> now let me ask you this yes. very important question. Yes. It, have you listened to Kanye West, Jesus King? No, I ain't listened to that stuff. And I'm so sick of people telling me to listen to it. No. And I even I'm going to give a shout out to Ladarian Cole and Peyton Wyman. They're reporters at our station at CBS 19. And they keep talking about it. And I'm like, no, I have not listened to it. And I know you love your music, but no, I have not. All right. And I don't have any plans to. <laughs> no, no plan, no plan. I got either. too much stuff to listen to, and I All ain't right. trying to go give Kanye no more money, no more downloads. All right, no, no, y- no shade on Kanye though. Do your thing, friend. Do your thing. Okay, balanced answer there. <laughs> no, no Yeezys into Charles' closet. I don't no, think. But. I can't afford those anyway. Shoot, <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, no, I haven't listened to it. Awesome. Have you? Of course you have. Yeah. Probably several times. A couple times. <laughs> two, two, I would say two and a half Feedback times. Feedback on it. Since you put me on the spot, what you think about it? <laughs> yeah, come on with it. Okay. Um, I enjoy it. Kanye West has been my favorite artist for a long time, yeah. actually, just because yeah. he's, uh, for a lot of reasons, I think I'm going to do a podcast on that. Sure. Just to clear the air on, uh, not clear the air, but. And some air needs to be cleared about <laughs> Lord. Some, a lot of things. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I, I enjoy it. I okay, enjoy good. it. So, good. uh, long story will be on a future episode okay, I guess cool. so, but, All right. but for the sake of time I'll be waiting yeah yeah um let's let's go to the third C sure. company mm-hmm. and uh most specifically about your work uh, okay. like the like the role the the work you know that yeah. you do sure. um talk about putting together stories and that kind of thing yeah. um I don't really know much about like the career trajectory sure. of a journalist yeah. uh and and how somebody's going to get to the desk you yeah. know so um could you tell me about like what first I want to go to the to the goal to, okay. to your end goal yeah like is it like what is your big mo- like do you have like a big motivation like that like a clear goal in mind where like that's what I want to do yeah. that you're working toward um it, first question yeah okay I would say I don't know if it's necessarily clear but I will say that overall I just it goes back to to my driving motivation behind this entire career get in a community help people and truly just make that community a better place and any place that you go to and this has been my motto um, especially since I've been at CBS 19 is one of the things that my general manager Donna Wilson um, often says is to make that community a better place than it was when when you arrived right and so I think wherever I go, that's going to be my motivation. Make that community a better place. Is that the end goal? Um, so to speak, yes, it is. Because um, a lot of people always say in this in this um, career path, oh, you're going to go network. Um, network means being at the top networks and all that kind mm. of stuff. Um, you know, maybe being in New York, L.A., all that kind of stuff. Right. And, um, you know, that's fab- fabulous. And if that happens, great. Right. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm truly a person that's about what I say. And I, I really want to help communities and I want to help people. Um, people is what makes this community go go 
around. And even if it's some of the youngest folks, um, I teach at, over at TJC and I just love my students to death. They teach me more than I could ever teach them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, just however I can affect people and impact people, that's what I want to do. And hopefully in a good way. Um that's the end goal for me, not necessarily a job title. Whatever I can do to help people, to impact people, to tell stories that matter, that's what I want to do, no matter what platform that's on. Who are some of your favorite or uh, some journalists and, and people in uh, your industry that you look up to, that you yeah. you look at for inspiration or say, man, I, I, you know, I want to pull that aspect uh, into my work? Yeah, Robin Roberts would definitely be one of the first ones. And I finally got a picture with Robin Roberts that I was so proud of. I'll probably share it on social media soon because, like, especially accomplishing something a feat as as big as moving from Tyler um, in market 100 something I can't even recall exactly the market number to moving to, to Dallas in top 10 and and one of the things when I met Robin Roberts what she told me and it was at a National Association of Black Journalists conference what she told me she was like uh, I told her where I was at in Tyler and she was like next stop is Houston which is again top 10 market top 11 market and so um to hear her say something like that to me and to just be so sweet and so kind when I met her, it shows her passion for people too. And so I think any journalist out there, and of course Oprah and all those people, but any journalist out there that truly has a passion for people is someone that I look up to. And there are so many, too many to count, even several local journalists um, that I look up to that have a passion for people. And, uh, you know, if as long as you have a passion for people, I think everything else falls in line. And so Robin Roberts definitely is one of those people, one of those journalists who I, I know has a passion for storytelling, has a passion for being around people. And she's going to do what she can, too. If you watch her ever she's going to do what she can to make you feel like you're the only person in the room and when she took that picture with me I'll never forget the moment um she was literally I had missed her her uh speaking event that was taking place at the journalism conference honestly I don't know if I could even get in it probably was ticketed event whatever and so I missed it and one of my roommates that I was with at the time was like oh my god I just went to the Robin Roberts event I was like what I didn't even know (laughs) she was here and so I'm literally spending all day at this hotel massive hotel looking for Robin Roberts looking for Robin Roberts. I'm getting ready to go back to the elevator. I'm defeated. I'm like, I'm going back to the room. I don't have anything else to do today. I'm going back to the room. So I'm getting on the, about to get on the elevator and Robin Roberts comes off the elevator. And I was like, Robin, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And her assistant, or I'm not sure if it was her assistant, the person she was with was like, no, we gotta go. We gotta get to this. We gotta get to this. Robin stopped. She stood there. She took a picture with me and, um, you know, she's when I tweeted the picture out, she tweeted back at me and said what I told you earlier. And I was just like, what? Like, see, that's what that's what I value. That's what I appreciate. And so, again, passion for people. So anybody who has a passion for people in this business, I think you'll go very far. It's not about you. And that's one thing that a lot of people um, have to realize when it comes to being on TV. Uh, you know, sometimes the the. The, the being on TV part is important to a lot of people, right? And and, and it is. It, it should be. If that's what you wanted to do and that's your goal and your dream, great. That's fantastic. But just remember, it's really not about you. It's about how you can affect people and how you can impact their lives. And if you're not doing that and you're just sitting there, you know, looking the part and, and just telling those stories as they come to you and you're not doing anything else, I truly don't think that you're you're living up to your full potential. Mm. Uh, tell me about storytelling a little bit. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I consider myself a storyteller. You are. Uh, so tell me about your approach to crafting stories. And yeah. What, what is that? I wish some of my reporters were in here. They can tell you about my approach to crafting <laughs> stories. Some of the reporters I work with, rather. But, you know, when it comes to storytelling, again, at the heart of everything, you have to make sure you have people, right? And so a lot of times when you go to, let's say you get a press release about some meeting. If you don't pull a person at that, and what I mean by person, a person that'll truly be affected by whatever is being talked about at this meeting, then you haven't really done your job. And that can be really hard. And the reporters will tell you that it can be really, really difficult to get to the meat of that story. And the meat of that story are people. So my approach to storytelling is always to make sure that you have a person to back up what you're doing and to make sure that you're able to um, allow that person to tell the story. We should have minimal writing, you know, in in a story. Um, You want to be a good writer, but part of what comes with being a good writer is learning how to listen 
learning how to listen to what people are saying, and they should drive that story, not you talking in the background in, in what we call track, right? Mm. Um, when you're tracking a story, same as we oh, are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you really have to get to the people, um, and it makes it way easier for you, too. If you can get people to actually drive and tell that story, that's what helps, um, you know, uh, get the message home to people and let people know how this can can affect their daily lives because when you just have let's say an official and no shade on the officials they're great you know they provide us with information but that's all they should be used for to provide us with information right um yes they can do interviews every now and again but at the heart of that story should be the people that are affected by whatever that quote-unquote official um art is telling us at the time Mm -hmm. okay perfect yeah um for a new journalist yeah maybe picture you in chicago or maybe picture you in, yeah. in you know uh your early earlier position sure. your early career oh my what goodness you, what would you tell them don't be afraid i was so scared even um so i had internships before chicago um i had internships in um Houston. I had an internship at um, a station in Bryan College Station as well while I was at AM. And so I think just don't be afraid because a lot of times when you go into these situations, if one person says one thing that kind of turns you off or that kind of makes you feel like the smallest person in the room, which is unfortunate, right? I, you know, I hate that I'm even having to retell these stories, but it, it can happen. And so if somebody turns you off or makes you feel like you're the smallest person in the room, just go to that next person, go to that next person and try to talk to them and try to get some feedback. Cause I'll tell you for sure that, you know, my very first internship, I did not get the most out of it. And I know that I could have learned a lot at that station, but it was because, you know, I didn't feel um, not necessarily value because you're an intern. How much value can you add at that point? You know, but it's it's it, it, it just made you feel like you didn't. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I was scared to talk to people. And so just don't be afraid. Get out there. Um, make sure people know that you're in the room. Even if you're the smallest person in the room, that's fine. Youngest, whatever. Get out there and just don't be afraid to do it. Um, and find somebody who's going to truly speak life into you because I guarantee you there's at least one person there who will do that. That goes back to what I was saying about cultivating that relationship with one person. Even if it's the lady at the, the front desk that's not necessarily in the newsroom person say, right? People you'll be working with on the day to day, but maybe that person can make you feel good when you walk in the door. And that way, when you get in a newsroom, um, that sometimes isn't um, uh, the most comfortable position to be in as an intern, because sometimes you're just scared. Everybody's busy. Everybody's, you know, trying to run and do whatever they're doing. Um, just don't be afraid. And, and it goes back also to something I said earlier. Don't be afraid to start now. Um, a lot of journalists that I talk to, a lot of up-and-coming journalists, they'll send me messages on Instagram, on Facebook, and all these different places. Um, they're either in high school, which is amazing that they're reaching out already, um, or they are in college. And it's just like, no, get started now. You don't have to wait until you're able to build this beautiful video resume that you're trying to send out to station. Start now. Get on Instagram. Get on Facebook. Get on Twitter. Get on all these different social media platforms and start finding you know areas that you're good at. Like if you love video games, get on there and start talking about video games. If you love podcasting, maybe you don't have a, a, a blog or whatever to back up your podcast. Get on there and start talking about whatever it is that you enjoy doing, because a lot of people don't understand that there are ways that you can get your name out there well before you step into the room. You want to be talked about uh, before you uh, step into a room like you want people to know your name before you get there. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people aren't putting themselves out there because um, they're just afraid. And they don't know that there are means to making it happen because people use Instagram for a lot of fun. People use Facebook for fun. But I'm like, look, Facebook and Instagram are platforms that are free that you should be using as your tool. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Yeah. I've got multiple <laughs> jobs because of it. Yes. Of I mean, it, it's just yeah. a, it's a powerful tool. Yeah. It's a powerful tool. Yeah. It's the best uh, resume that you could really yep. get. Yep. Because instead of just saying, hey, here's one one piece of paper and a cover letter. Exactly. Here's. Oh, don't get me started on cover letters. <laughs> <laughs> here's five social media platforms. Right. And, you know, this is what yes. I've been up to. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, okay. So we're kind of rounding out the end of the podcast. Okay. So I want to ask you the village question. Sure. Do you know what the village question is? Tell me. So this is the strong, calm question. Um, um, that I want to ask oh, every yeah, guest. Oh, yeah, I heard it at the end of one of your podcasts. Okay, but so you, tell have, me. you have a little bit of a hint. Yes. So the village question is this. Uh, pretend that you are building a village mm-hmm. for other people, mm-hmm. and uh, you have four signs to direct traffic to your village to get it populated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on those signs, you can only pick 
four, you know, one on each sure. side, east, west, east, north, south, east, west, um, a principle or value yeah. that you want to uh, want those people to possess mm-hmm. and draw them close. Yeah. What four principles or values would you put on those four signs? Uh, I definitely would say integrity. As a journalist, I think it's just something you need. And as a person, I think it'll take you far, too. So integrity, um, being creative, you know, and I throw that in there really off the top because um, I think the older we get, um, you lose your creativity. Um, And it's because I feel like we get into these boxed up situations to where you're either told you're you're not creative enough or your creativity just kind of sinks because you're in either a job you don't really want to be in or a relationship you don't really want to be in or whatever the case may be. You're in these situations that are stunting your growth. And so definitely being creative. Having compassion, you know, a lot of times we are in a in, in a day and age where what they call counsel culture, where you basically can counsel out somebody because they did one thing wrong. Prime example, your friend Kanye, you know, mm-hmm. um, some people feel like, you know, he's, you know, not representing the culture, so to speak, um, in his own right. And a lot of times I think, you know, when it comes to showing compassion for different beliefs, different values, I think we can go a really long way. I've connected with so many people that are so different from me on on many different levels um, and in many different situations. And I think having compassion uh, will take us a very long way. Um, even if somebody messes up, okay, let's figure it out. Like you can deal with it right then, but let's figure it out and, and keep it moving. Um, mm-hmm. Stop being so quick to counsel somebody because they don't agree with the same things that you agree with. So um, definitely uh, compassion. What did I say? Compassion, integrity, um, being creative. Um what else would I say would be part of my part of my values? Oh, and being brave. Be brave in everything that you do. It goes back to the young journalist, man. Um, when you go in there, don't be afraid. Be brave. Don't be afraid to speak out because a lot of people think um, just because you're an introvert um, that you can't open up and and evolve and and Mm -hmm. develop that skill set you can it's okay to be an introvert but you can develop that skill set you can develop it to where it works for you you don't have to be the most outspoken person in the room but if you get the courage to go over there and talk to just one person um, or you make it awkward at the very beginning to where y'all both can have a good laugh you know what I mean Um, you can develop all those skill sets and there's nothing wrong with being an introvert right Mm -hmm. Um, or extrovert whatever there's nothing wrong with either but it's just a matter of um, using your skill set to, to be brave in everything that you do um, and just find that inner joy or whatever drives you, whatever ignites you, whatever, um, you know, gets you going just to be brave in everything that you do. Because a lot of times we're scared. We're scared to move on to another job. We're scared to to stop doing something we've been doing for 15 years or 10 years or five mm-hmm. years or whatever the case may be. Just be brave in your decision making, in your choices, um, in the people that you, you interact with, the people that, um, you know, that that you see yourself around just be brave in every single aspect of of life i love it i, lo- yeah. I live there yeah that's a good yes. that's a good village yes. i think yeah um <laughs> thank you come on <laughs> yeah yeah that's that, yeah. that's powerful stuff i love that question i that question happened serendipitously yeah. with my uh, conversation with j michael smith sure and it's just been such a beautiful thing to have happened mm-hmm. um i'm grateful for that conversation yes. because yes. of it because each person mm-hmm. has a different it's so beautiful how yeah. different it is. So I appreciate you uh, yes, answering that. Of course. Um, another thing, I, like just real quick, yeah. I wanted to ask about so strong communication. There's a thing that I think about, and this is kind of uh, uh, kind of off cuff, sure. But it came to mind um, in that you're so you're so polished. Am I? You're polished. <laughs> you're polished. You know how to. Well, well you're, you're, you're a strong communicator, okay? Thank you. You're a strong communicator. And one thing that I, I how I think about it is mm-hmm. one time when I played basketball, which mm-hmm. was like one time. <laughs> <laughs> They talked Were about, you any good at you, it? No. Okay. People, right. Old ladies ask me. I gotta tell me, you my basketball story too. Why did they put me on a court, anyways? Old ladies ask me all the time, like, "Oh, you're so tall. Oh. <laughs> you know, you must play basketball." I was like, mm, "Nah, girl. No." But uh, there's a pivot foot. Yeah. You stop dribbling, and then there's a pivot. You you can only pivot on that one foot. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, I liken, uh, I, I use that as an analogy for. Uh, the points that you have, sure. talking points that you might have. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not saying that anything you said was not genuine because that's yeah. the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah. But you have a certain preparedness yeah. for, for things like that. And you, you anticipate maybe, mm -hmm. you know, certain questions. Of course, uh, you know, I gave you some notes. Yeah, you definitely gave me I, notes. I, I so. gave you some notes. But at the, I, I wanted you to be prepared. Um, but at the same time, I think that there is a certain, it that is a valuable thing mm -hmm. that I don't think a lot of, that that isn't quite common. Yeah. And that, that some people don't interview well or feel have that anxiety. Yeah. Or I think it has to do with, you know, public speaking, the fear of public speaking. Sure. That there, there's a certain lack of preparedness yeah. for the emotions that you might feel, the question that might come up, mm -hmm. you know, all that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious if you have any insight on that, like kind of what I'm hinting around sure. um, that I'm trying to serve up here of, of how somebody could go about being prepared about telling their life story. Yeah. Talking about what they're passionate about. Yeah. You know, um, having you know being brave and and and, yeah. and being vulnerable but at the same time having compassion for somebody else that might be listening as well yeah like how do you how do you think about that um well first and foremost i will say that i don't think that i'm always prepared but i try my best to do what i can and it's also my job so it's a little different right like mm -hmm. it's different because it's my job to be prepared right. for these types of situations right. to be prepared for prepare for interviews mm -hmm. for the last five years i've been preparing mm -hmm. for interviews right and so i don't want people to think like, oh, she's so-called polished or whatever the case may be, because I've literally, literally been working at this for a while, right? And I've had many situations where I wasn't as prepared um, for those interviews or whatever the case may be. And that's what's taught me that you really got to do your background research before you go into these situations. So I told you, oh, I've listened to your podcast. Oh, I kind of know what that question is about. Mm -hmm. So maybe I don't remember exactly everything that transpired on the podcast or whatever, but sure. I'm looking you up as much as you're researching me before I come here. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what people should prepare themselves to do, no matter what's situation they're going in and also know that person right know that I know that you're not the type of person that's going to be like oh and how do you feel about uh Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump you know what I mean like I know you're not gonna throw that at me and if you mm -hmm. did I'm gonna pivot it real quick <laughs> you know but listen um I think it's just about preparing yourself knowing who your audience is um knowing um who is interviewing you and you prepare for that interview as much as that person interviewing you are preparing for you to come there. And so um, not even just that, I know you talked about public speaking and all of that. Again, you have to prepare yourself knowing your audience, who are you speaking to? And I think a lot of times when you just get there early and fill it out, you know, I was sitting in my car for like, what, 10 minutes or so, maybe right at 10 minutes, um, a little less. Uh, you just kind of prepare yourself, you know, and, and, and really research, do your research beforehand. I think research will take you a long way into easing some of those anxieties. And some people, let's just be real. It's, it's difficult to get in front of crowds. It's easier for me to sit here and talk to you and to talk to Facebook every single day. But when it's time for me to get in front of a big crowd, I'm, I'm frightened. I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. And you know, it may not show to a lot of people, but I am. And so I think it's just, doing things that you're afraid of. That's what I mean by being brave, doing things that you're afraid of and really putting yourself out there. What's the worst that can happen? Even if you mess up. So it's one time mm -hmm. I've messed up a lot of times. And um, to your point earlier about my life story, I really don't feel like I have my life story. I really think I need to take some, do some soul searching and, <laughs> and figure out what my life story is. You know, I just tell my situations as they come to mind. Like, I didn't prepare to talk about my stepmom. Honestly, I didn't even realize that that was one of your questions. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't prepared to talk about the people that have influenced me along the way. I wasn't prepared to talk about Robin Roberts and what she's done. I wasn't. Those are just situations. And there are many more situations like that, right? Don't limit yourself to just having, uh, yeah, every time somebody asks me this question, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about that because I'm positive I've given a multitude of answers about people that have helped me because nobody can get anywhere by themselves. Everybody has somebody helping them. And it's not the same person every single time. And so, um, you know, maybe you kind of have a gist of what your life story is, but I'll be the first person to tell you, I truly don't have my life story planned out. I really feel like like I need to sit there and figure out like who helped me along the way because there have been so many people that have helped me get here you know from my stepmoms and my dad and my grandmother and you know my aunts and all these people who had a influential role in my life and I'm sure several people that I'm forgetting you know in several situations mm -hmm. that truly shaped me so you know 
prepare yourself as much as you can, but also make sure you always speak from the heart in everything that you do. And so I think that'll drive, drive, you know, take you far as well if you're speaking from the heart, um, you know, and you truly know what drives you. And I do know at the heart of everything I do, people drive me. So if that's my, my answer a lot, then that's going to be the answer because people drive everything I do. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Tashara, thank you so much. Yes, you're so welcome. For being on this podcast and uh, for all that you've done for East Texas. And we'll continue to do for our great state. Yes. Uh, That might be your saving grace that you're staying here in in, in, In Texas, right? Yes, 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 yes. Awesome, awesome. Um, ETX Leadership Summit, we're chairs, by the way. East Texas Leadership Summit is what got us connected. Yes, it is. Which means that it's going to be good for you because this was great for me. Yes. (laughs) I'm super excited about it, man. What's our name, May? 22nd. 22nd, 2020. So y'all got to come and show your support at the East Texas Leadership Summit. I'm really excited about it this year. Yep, yep, and yep. every year. So, all right. Um, thanks for listening. And to keep it calm strong, we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.